Welcome to a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. It's the podcast that goes behind the scenes of the fantasy football industry through interviews with some of your favorites in the business. On this episode, which was recorded months ago, I sat down with Drew Prawl of the Dynasty Timeline podcast. Our conversation included Drew talking with me about his love for the show Friends, how he got started playing Dynasty Fantasy Football, being adopted from Korea at the age of three, drafting from the golf course, how he started podcasting, and a ton more. Make sure you give Drew a follow on Twitter slash X at dr underscore pra. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at dkckasem and the podcast at getreal underscore pod. Before the show gets started, I just kind of wanted to give you an update on what's been going on in my life because that's the main reason that this podcast has been on a hiatus for so long. Yeah. So first of all, we went to Zimbabwe. That was such an awesome trip. If you ever get the chance to go, you should definitely go because it was a blast. And after that, I decided, well, I had been thinking about it for a while, but I decided I was going to quit my job. So I put my two weeks notice in on Friday. Yeah, I plan on focusing on this podcast a ton. I'm also going to be putting out fantasy football content. In fact, I just joined the team over at South Harmon FF. So get ready for a lot of fun there. I also have something in the works on the business side of my life. I'll tell y'all more about that in the next few weeks. Thank you so much for all the support you've given me and this podcast over the last few years. This new journey is scary, but I'm excited to make 2024 the best one yet. Let's do this. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. All right, with all of that out of the way, here's my interview with Drew Prowl on Get Real with Casey Kasem. Well, let me just tell you first and foremost, everyone listening, the man that I'm talking to tonight, this podcast probably wouldn't have as many episodes out now if it wasn't for him. He helped me in a dire time when I was trying to find a laptop that didn't suck because this podcast was one of those things that just frustrated me all the time because of my computer. So Drew, I just wanted to thank you. That just came to me and I was like, you know, this podcast. Yeah, I was getting so frustrated. (laughs) I get it. I get it. No, happy to help out. Glad it's working out for you. Yeah, for sure. Fun to, to listen to everything that you've been able to do along the way. So glad it's still going on. Well, I appreciate it again. And, you know, people that are tuning in right now are probably tuning in to a get to know you, but also kind of figure out how to keep going in this fantasy football journey and figure out how to put out content or how to do all of the fun stuff that comes with the fantasy football community. So we're going to talk to you about that tonight. But, you know, I really wanted to start off just kind of getting a background on you when it comes to your childhood growing up, where did you grow up and were you into sports when you were growing up? Yeah. Uh, so I was actually born in Korea, which we'll come back to later. Uh, I was adopted by an American family, uh, in upstate or Western New York, uh, not too far from Rochester. So grew up with a diehard bills fan. Uh, I was in early elementary, uh, when I watched the four falls of Buffalo, um, which was uh, a really confusing time as a kid to have a team that was so good to get to the Super Bowl, but just couldn't seem to win it, uh, which seems to rehash itself pretty frequently these days. But um, yeah, I grew up in uh, the Western New York area. I grew up playing soccer. Uh, my parents kind of limited me to, to one sport. They said, pick what you want and we'll kind of go all in. So soccer was the one. I played soccer uh, through college and really enjoyed that. And um 
you know, I always enjoyed football on Sundays, watching the Bills. Uh, you know, that was always uh, something to look forward to coming uh, home after lunch. Remember one year when I was, I think that was like eight or nine, uh, I was in such a rush to get to the kickoff. I was supposed to let my dogs out and I was so frustrated that my parents asked me to do this and I was the one missing kickoff that I, I tried to like jam the door open because it was kind of frozen stuck in the wintertime. And I slipped and I actually cut my wrist pretty wide open where I could see my tendon. Uh, and I was just kind of looking down. I was like, crap, this means I, I guess I'm not watching the game. So I had to go to the <laughs> hospital for the afternoon. And, uh, you know, I was, I was happy that the hospital had a little TV where I could kind of watch along. But, um, yeah, love sports growing up. Would play whatever I could kind of on the side, basketball, uh, volleyball, soccer, swimming when I could. Um, the lake was super cold growing up there in Western New York, except for about the month of August. So grew up water skiing and um, really enjoying kind of anything outside. But uh, yeah, played soccer as my main thing for most of my my youth. So you did bring up that you were born in Korea and that we get back to that. And that is a story that I would really like to hear more about. I'm sure everybody listening would too as well. But can you kind of let us know kind of how that process was like how was that for you as a child and and what was that experience like uh it it was it was tough at times i was raised in a very rural part of western new york so i had mennonites as my neighbors on three sides of my property um i was pretty much the only kid that looked like me and uh what felt like a hundred miles probably less than that but um so it was definitely uh unique uh i was adopted because my parents couldn't um get pregnant so they had gone through all the different treatments that were available at the time and uh, they finally settled on i guess this is uh, the way we'll have to go so um so i grew up as an only child uh kind of out in the country with not a lot of neighbors that really wanted to have play dates or sleepovers um you know that was uh, a unique time so i finally got my freedom at 13 once i could buy my own mountain bike and that was kind of how i got from where i lived outside of town into town and then you know, those are the days of making the 1-800-COLLECT calls and just telling mom, hey, I'm ready. Don't accept the call. You know, come pick me up now. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely, definitely different. But, you know, looking back, it certainly, uh, you know, I think shaped me in, in a lot of ways and, you know, gave me some some resilience and, in, in, um, you know, kind of overcoming different challenges. But uh, on the flip side, you know, my credit to my parents, they never made me feel uh, different in that way. And I actually have uh, some, some lifelong friends from middle school and high school that uh, when I look back, you know, there's, there was never any kind of, uh, you know, feeling outside or other. Um, so I was, you know, fortunate, even in that small town to find some folks that were really, you know, open and accepting and lucky to stay in contact with some of them today still. Well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And bringing back, bringing it back to you saying that you were an only child, grew up an only child. I know a lot of only children, but when I was growing up, everybody I knew had siblings, right? And I had a sibling as well. And that's kind of how I got involved in sports was playing, you know, soccer with her and playing basketball mm -hmm. with her and stuff like that. Growing up and finding sports and, and getting involved in that, were you able to, you know, form relationships with people? Were you able to um, take that with you into like, as you got older, did you find yourself continuing to be interested in sports or how was all of that? Yeah, I think my parents put me into youth sports, hoping that I would find some friends and some connections. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of a, a slow, slow developer in that space. It probably wasn't until 
later middle school, early high school that I kind of found uh, where I fit and, you know, with the soccer team and, and the position that fit right. And, you know, something just clicked in, you know, whether it was my mental development, my physical development, then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this makes sense to me. And um, getting a little bit more serious with uh, traveling for sports and stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely helped kind of build some friendships and some of those relationships. Um, but actually the, the friends that I'm talking about now that I still stay in touch with were actually probably more through academics on some of the classes that I was in. But, um, but yeah, that was, uh, definitely a big part of me getting to know some of the other kids and, you know, it cut both ways. There were times where it was great and there were times where it just absolutely sucked. Um, just being thrown in with, you know, not knowing anybody, like you said, you know, not having a sibling or somebody that I could kind of like just go and kind of cling to for a little bit and say, hey, let's do this thing together. But um, but yeah, overall, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, you know, once I kind of had that switch flip in, in, you know, my early teens that opened up some of the other sports or, you know, gym class or after school, kind of hang out and play and gain a little confidence in that area as well. So all those things, I think, ultimately helped lead to, to building some different relationships um, through sports. And then how did you stumble across football being something that you were interested in? Oh, gosh, I think that that was mostly my dad. Um, you know, he grew up in Buffalo. Uh, so he grew up with, you know, gosh, back and way back in the day, I think probably the only notable player that I can name at this point that he grew up watching was OJ Simpson, for better or worse. But, um, you know, that was... Uh, you know, our Sunday tradition is a bowl of popcorn in the afternoon. And, you know, dad had a, a couple of beers. I got to drink some ginger ale. So it looked like I had something carbonated as well. Right on. And we'd, uh, you know, we'd watch them. There weren't very many Monday night games at that point. So it was typically just, it was either one o'clock or four o'clock was the, the kickoff time. And we could kind of bank on that. Um, so I remember, you know, he got me into collecting football cards early. So I, I had a, a binder of the entire Bills roster for probably a four or five year stretch from, you know, Kent Hall at center and Pete Metzler as a tight end through all the big names that I think a lot of folks remember, of you know, Kelly and Reed and Thurman Thomas, but um, you know, they kind of went dormant a little bit. You know, the Bills had a pretty rough patch in the early two thousands, thanks to Tom Brady and, and the Patriots for, yeah. you know, a good 15 year span. The AFC East was pretty, pretty tough to watch, but then, um, you know, coming back, uh, I lived in New York City for a little bit and kind of um, let that go for a while. I was teaching there. Uh, I was coaching a couple of sports as a high school teacher. Um, so Sundays really kind of became a work day for me, setting up the week. So I didn't watch a lot, but I came back upstate for a little bit. And uh, a guy at a, a new job that I had there introduced me to uh, fantasy football, just an old school. Uh, it was actually a two QB league, which was kind of unique at that point. But standard scoring, um, you know, no no kind of PPR or anything, nothing crazy, no flex positions, just here's here's your roster and let's see what happens week to week. Um, and then that kind of sparked into uh, getting back and watching a little bit more intently. You know, of course, wanting to have as many bills on my team as I could that were relevant. So I had, you know, as much Fred Jackson, CJ Spiller and Stevie, Je uh, Stevie Johnson, those guys. But, uh, you know, kind of found my way into some more dynasty, like one QB leagues. And before I knew it, I was watching, you know, 80% of the games on the week if I could. And then, you know, work was getting pushed off a little bit. So, um, yeah, I kind of snowballed after that. But, uh, yeah, really kind of getting back upstate and getting out of the out of the classroom formally gave me a little bit of time back to to watch again and, and really get back into it. 
in fantasy football, you brought up the two QB being kind of different for the time, which that's pretty awesome that you guys went ahead and did that. When you first started playing fantasy football, what was your initial reaction going into it? How did you feel about fantasy football having never played it before? And were there any things that you were kind of concerned about going into it oh, or yeah. how, how did that go? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty competitive person by nature. Um, so, you know, certainly wanted to go in feeling as informed as possible and hoping to have as much success as possible, not knowing at all what I was getting into. So I think I bought like two or three magazines that summer before the draft. And I had uh, a good buddy I went to college with who he helped me study a little bit, gave me some of his opinions. And we actually drafted at his house together. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I just want to make sure I didn't finish last was kind of my my main like outward claim, but, you know, deep down, I was certainly hoping I would, you know, do well and show, okay, this is a pretty simple game, right? You pick the best players, you do, you do the right thing week to week and it all work out. And um, yeah, that, that was a, a rude introduction to chance and variability and some of these other things that, you know, we all know there, I think are there intellectually, but we still get frustrated by, you know, this many years in. Is is that a league that you're still in? I'm not sure if you had brought it that is. up or not, but yeah. yeah. Yep. That's my longest standing. It's a, it's a redraft league. Um, I think it's a 10 team league. And I think five out of the original 10 that I started with are still in it. We've cycled through a couple of folks. Um, but the commissioner is a, a good buddy of mine. He, he started, I think in 2000 and he's still got, I think three of the original guys or four of the original guys that he started with are still in it, which is kind of cool. That so is the, pretty cool. Yeah. The draft each year is kind of funny because you can, you can kind of predict a couple of the guys that'll make some interesting moves, but then get a couple of wild cards in there. And, uh, you know, his brother's actually in it. He's been in it for probably the last 10 years or so. And, and the poor guy's just never caught a good break. And uh, it, this year he is, I think, leading, leading scorer right now, 12 weeks in, and he's actually poised to make some noise this year. So it'd be exciting to see him. He, he's stuck with it for all these years and uh, he's been a good sport about it, but yeah, it's just a fun group of guys that we, get to, you know, we got a chat going and, you know, anytime somebody does something that's questionable, we all hear about it. Um, get a lot of nail biters. It's, it's interesting scoring. So uh, we just went to fraction like a decimal point scoring this year. So I've actually been a part of a handful of ties over the years, which has been kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a unique way to, to go. And yeah, it's one that, you know, I plan to hang on to for a while and uh, you know, I'll stick with it as long as I can. And I love to hear that. I love to hear about these leagues that have been around forever and that they're still going strong. And it's really cool that you guys communicate, have a chat and are able to do that. And kind of it's fun to see. It's fun to see friends like that. What's your when you draft, what's your ideal kind of drafting situation? Like, what do you how do you prepare for a draft? And then going into the draft also, like, what do you like to do during the draft? Do you like to have a beverage and eat or what do you, are you focused completely or how does it go? Uh, so for this league, um, for this redraft league, uh, I'm primarily dice. Yeah. So this is my one paid redraft league that I stay in. And then I'll do a few of the charity leagues each year if I can um, manage those as well. But I'm, I'm heavily dynasty focused at this point. So I, I feel like, you know, kind of staying in tune with, what's going on in that space can help. Uh, I think it's easy to get into a dynasty mindset. And then all of a sudden you see a redraft team is all 22, 23 year old guys. And it's like, 
Uh, maybe that wasn't the right <laughs> yeah. way to go, but uh, because I know the guys pretty well and it's a, uh, it's a 10 team league. The last couple of years I've actually drafted uh, from the golf course kind Ooh. of a, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's not a slow draft, but it's like five plus minutes per pick. So you're not just like boom, 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 one after the other. Um, there's usually a few in draft trades as well. And, uh, you know, guys are, it used to be, um, all these guys started in Michigan. So they used to get together in person. It used to be a whole afternoon, get a bunch of pizza and stuff. Um, so it's kind of, uh, you know, spread out over, uh, the geography here. So it's mostly online, but, but yeah, for this one, I'm, I'm typically just kind of, um, you know, kind of watching what the other guys are doing. And, you know, if you see a little run, try to respond to that or get ahead of it. Um, it's always interesting. Uh, I, t- I love picking on the turn in this league. So um, it's always fun to see who's kind of bookending me. And and uh, if I know them well, uh, you know, that's where we have some fun kind of trying to snipe each other and figure out who you want to take ahead. And maybe you spend a little bit earlier of a pick just to get the, the small satisfaction of seeing that pop up in the chat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that's, that's that league for, for some of the rookie drafts and stuff, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, I, if I, if I feel good about somebody and I, I can find, you know, some of the, the information that feels good about that, or that shows me, I can feel good about that, whether that's a little bit of film, whether that's a little bit of the analytics. Um, I usually go with my gut in those spaces. I don't have a, a deep spreadsheet or anything like that, that I'm working off of typically. Um, and yeah, a couple of the guys that I, I've been, um, a part of the podcast with over on timeline, you know, I kick things around with Bill and Josh. Some, you know, Josh is a, a pretty sharp draft guy and he does some of his own film, I think. And, uh, you know, Bill is super smart. So I, I typically kick things around unless I'm in the league with them. And then of course it's, you know, try to, be, try to be a little bit coy and see if you can't get one over on them periodically. But uh, I think over the years, uh, you know, the draft is certainly important. Uh, but it's not it's not the final team, right? That's what trading is for. So I try not to stress out too much over how my draft turns out. Um, you know, if I get a if I get lucky once or twice, great. What what's the smart move there? If I miss out and whiff on everything, then okay, great. How do I come back and try to figure out what are the the essential pieces I need to try to to move around? But um, but yeah, the draft of course is a highlight. Whatever whatever format you choose, that's usually a fun time to engage with the league mates. So I, I look forward to every time we get to do that. And getting one over on people that you podcast with, how does that feel? What is your uh, emotions going into that? Because I am I know that I'd rub it in their faces like hardcore. Well, I, you know, at this point, it's it hasn't been consistent enough for me to, to prove that I'm any good at it. So it's usually just, <laughs> a, uh, you know, if they if they come asking about is that player available, um, you know, I try to squeeze a little bit extra, but um but yeah, I, I know it's happened enough times where I get a little too too confident in my process, so to speak, and then all of a sudden the next draft or the next trade just blows up in your face. So I uh, try to have some good fun with it, you know. But um, you know, th- those guys are pretty gracious as well. If they if they <laughs> uh, see something good happen, they're usually good to to give credit for it. But yeah, I think um, you know sometimes it's just it's just that moment of felt great. I'm glad that, you know, I'm validated because, you know, one of those guys is, you know, wanting the guy that I drafted, um, but doesn't happen often. Well, let's go talk about dynasty for a little bit because dynasty is a completely different beast than redraft. It's very similar, but very different as well. But dynasty being your main focus, how did you get involved with dynasty? How did that come into your life? 
Oh gosh, this was another guy that I worked with who um, I think he, he might have been doing fantasy baseball or something like that, and he asked if I wanted to help him commission um, kind of a standard dynasty startup for football with some of his college buddies. Uh, so he didn't necessarily have the time to kind of do the back end stuff and set all that up in MFL and whatnot. So he introduced me to that platform and showed me kind of what was there and. Um, you know, like I said, just start off with a, a pretty basic one QB, couple of flexes, uh, nothing crazy. And we, we had that league running for about three, four years. Um, so that at that point I was just in two leagues, the one redraft and the one dynasty. And, uh, I definitely enjoyed seeing my players year over year, especially when I felt like I had some good players along. So it was nice to know that I didn't have to figure out how to get them back next year. Uh, and then, you know, I started to um, kind of get curious, okay, is there a way to take the parts of this redraft league with the two quarterbacks and some of the scoring model there um, where we, we give bonuses for like long touchdowns and if players hit certain thresholds of, you know, receiving or rushing yards. So how can we kind of blend that together? So that's where, um, you know, my college friend Jeremy and I, we, we co-commission a couple of leagues now where we kind of blended some of the best of both worlds into the super flex leagues and, um, you know, we started to expand into IDP a little bit because, hey, we want to try to mirror more of NFL and really more of a GM feel. Um, so it's just kind of evolved year after year. And then I think for a lot of us, 2020 just gave us a lot of time to sit down and think about what do I want in the league? You know, who yeah. do I want to play with? What's the most fun? Um, you know, those kind of questions. And then that's where, you know, over the last few years, we've really kind of um, we've expanded the number of leagues that, uh, we're in together. I've expanded the number of leagues that I'm in, but I've also become a little bit more selective with some of those leagues as well. Um, knowing again, who and what really kind of brings joy to me as much as possible each week. Do you know how many leagues you're in, or is that one of those things that you don't keep track of? Uh, I don't keep a, a close track. I, it is somewhere around, uh, I think 16 or 17 dynasty leagues, um, and, you know, I think two, two redraft leagues, I'm, I'm just under 20 total, I think. Um, and that's kind of been my, my number the last two, three years. And Scott Fishbowl, you had brought up charity leagues and I know that you are in the Scott Fishbowl and we're at that point in the season where people are starting to rise to the top and we're going into playoffs and doing all that stuff. How did you end up doing this year so far? Uh, regular season treated me pretty well. I think I finished in the top 100 for the regular season and my regular season average is what pulled me through this first week of playoffs. I did not score well. Um, I was so happy last night, uh, that Scott chose the scoring format he did this year. Cause I have Josh Dobbs as my second quarterback. Uh, so in multiple leagues, I'm, I'm sitting on negative points with Josh Dobbs, but thankfully for SFB, it didn't hurt me. Uh, so I, I got by fairly comfortably this week, but certainly not as, not as high as I was hoping. So this week is another week and I, I've got to look and see, I don't think I have a lot of week 13 by, so I should be in decent shape this week. Uh, next week will be, uh, I've got Kyler as my, my QB one right now. So if, uh, if Dobbs doesn't square things away in the bye week, it could be, that could be my exit week. I think. Hey, you made it a lot further than me. I knew like after week three, there was no way this team I had was going anywhere. <laughs> it was bad, but whatever. You know, it was fun, and it's been fun getting to know people. We did a live draft in Dallas. and That's awesome. 
yeah, it was really, really fun. And for people that don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, if you're in, if you're into fantasy football at all, you need to check out the Scott Fishbowl because it's a charity league that does so much, does so much. And giving back is so important to this community. And it, that, that's one of the main pillars. That's one of the main, you know, places that I look at when I look at a place that's going to, to benefit the world. You know, we're out here benefiting the world. We're doing, doing, you know, this game of fantasy football, but we're also donating and making a change in people's lives and making a difference. And it's, it's so cool to see. And I know that, well, first of all, how long have you been in the Scott Fishbowl? Is this your first year or how many years have you done it? Uh, I think a 10 was my first year. So I think this is year number four. Dope. Dope. All right. All right. And it does change every year. It's uh, it the settings and, and all that fun stuff that Scott likes to throw into the Scott Fishbowl. Is there anything that you've liked over the years that's been one of those settings that you're like, thank you, Scott. That's That was really cool. I really like I like that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I mentioned this year that I love the positivity, the idea that there are no negative points. That was a really cool twist. I think it's just fun to see big numbers in, yeah. in some leagues. Not mine. Um, Not me. How about that? <laughs> Mine's been like 186. <laughs> like, yeah, dang. which even, even that, right, compared to a lot of our home leagues and stuff. Yeah, but then you, know, you see these of, like <laughs> crazy yeah, scores I mean, of 200 and Some of them have been wild. I think we've seen some people hit 300, which is yes. ridiculous. Um, but but yeah, I think, uh, I think what's awesome is he's expanded it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it is still, you know, it's, it's a big deal to be able to participate, but I love how he's made it so accessible with the uh, different satellites and different ways to enter. Um, which like you said, I mean, the, the ultimate goal is to get as many eyes as possible in, uh, you know, the space of being able to give back. And, you know, I think they just posted some of their, their shopping events that they just did and, you know, how exciting it is to be able to go and give back to a lot of these families and, you know, kids, especially that you know, aren't as fortunate and maybe don't have access to some of the the resources and stuff that a lot of, uh, you know, our families may have. So uh, that for me, you know, coming from teaching in New York City and seeing, you know, kind of a wide range of families and, and kids there who, you know, they got excited about so many different things. Some Some got super excited over some very basic things that a lot of the other kids would look down on and vice versa. And um, so it's just cool to be able to find a way to give back there. And, you know, I mean, I'm in a few of the eliminators, so I don't really count those because they're all best ball. Yeah. Plus I've already been eliminated. So, but those oh. are another, you know, that's kind of the precursor right before you get to yes. potathon and stuff. So an amazing time there to even initiate some of that donation. I love what John Bosch and um, Bob Gilchrist and those guys have done where it's just, Hey, donate what you feel like you can. Here's some recommendations, but give what you can where you can. And then hopefully people are, you know, catching on if their work, like my work gives us a, a matching donation, okay. uh, which is pretty cool. And Fantasy Cares is is in our database, so everything that you know I donate for the the eliminators gets doubled by my work, which is awesome. So, um, but yeah, I think for what what Scott's done, I love the expansion that he's done to include more and more people, and it's great to see on you know I'm still going to call it Twitter, but great to see on uh, on social media, right? People getting so excited still, you know that invite. Everybody puts a screenshot up and. You know, they get to show, you know, how excited they are to be a part of it. And then, yeah, I, I would love to get into a live draft somewhere uh, one of these years. I just haven't committed to driving to one, but um, I was just in my uh, – I picked in the 12 spots. We have a, a thread going, and I think this year has been the most active and most fun 
uh, really the most encouraging, most supportive chat group that I've been in for SFP in the last few years, which has been really fun to watch. And it's a range of names, right? It's people that you would see and you would recognize their handle immediately to folks that, you know, you look them up and they might have 14 followers and then, you know, half of them are their mom and dad and aunt and uncle, but they're all in this thing together and having fun. And, and you know, like you said, for a good cause. So it's, it's really quite a, quite an accomplishment that, um, you know, they put together. Yeah. The fanfare on Twitter and I'll call it Twitter as well, because that's what it is. The, the excitement that builds up around Scott Fishbowl, like you said, the potathon and just doing the live drafts and the eliminators, which I'm actually doing well in. I'm actually nice. doing well. I, I've had the top score in the trade addicts one for like ever. So let's just wow. keep that up. Let's just keep That's that awesome. up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No big deal. I'm really good at just picking random players and hoping <laughs> who's they your, hit. Who's carrying your know. team there? I honestly don't know. I don't think, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I checked my, my lineup. <laughs> I just checked the awesome. scores and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really good at even knowing that who's on any of my dynasty teams. Like I'm just, like, I don't have that guy anymore. I'm pretty sure that guy's still on one of my rosters. Yeah. Like, I guess not. Gotta go and check all leagues. All leagues. Yep. 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 Fantasy football, Twitter, fantasy football, just like on the internet in general. And just like the community that's built that I've seen grow and grow and grow year after year. And how did you even find out about fantasy football twitter i mean that's a fun thing to accidentally stumble across so how did yeah. you find it uh honestly probably from uh you know I, i'm looking at some of the the guests that you've had and listening to some of your episodes and a lot of those folks uh like in andy barons and liz loza and you know of course you know I, I was always reading espn with matthew barry and his um love and hate list and stuff like that but then um as i got into some of the dynasty leagues you know initially and that was, that was your competitive edge. That was, okay, I'm going to go find this person that's putting some content out that maybe has some information. Oh, by the way, this is a beat writer they follow for that team. Interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, you kind of go down that rabbit hole of who is this person following or who do they have on their list? And then uh, I have to give my father-in-law credit. He, he found uh, the fantasy timeline. Um, I'm not sure through a league or how he stumbled on it. Uh, but he actually was a, a guest on their podcast early on. So I listened to an episode, started listening to them. And then, you know, again, I followed Josh and Bill and then found out who they were following, which obviously led to so many other people, uh, which, which ended up, um, you know, compiling to this massive list of people. Now it's like, I've got to cycle through periodically to see, okay, are these people still active? Who, who am I really wanting to go and, and find now? And, you know, I, I dipped my toe into a couple of Debbie leagues this year. So now I'm trying to figure out, what does that mean? So that's, <laughs> that's changed the, the composition of my following list. Yeah. So it's for been, sure. it's been a, a wild ride. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I curate it every time I join a new league. I'm like, okay, I need to figure out who do I need to be following for this set of rules or for mm -hmm. whatever this is or whatever that is. Okay. Fantasy timeline. A lot of people probably know you from fantasy timeline, but what's the story there? You said that your uncle father-in-law father okay your father-in-law yeah. was on there and then you know you listened in and that's how you kind of found out about it but how did you actually become a part of it yeah so they they opened it up to some of their listeners um i think they probably had a, a gap or two in, in some folks that they were trying to get on and so they opened it up to anybody that was listening you know hey a few of you want to join and you know we can just kind of talk about what's going on 
So put my hand up, um, joined him a couple of times. Uh, and this was early in 2020, I think. So then by the summertime, um, you know, they asked, hey, do you want to want to come on a little bit more regularly? So it was the three of us for about a year or so. And then, um, you know, I think Bill, Bill has uh, some pretty wild stuff that he does on the side uh, from trading uh, European football cards. Oh. Uh, so he has his own soccer trading card trading show, I think. And, um, you know, he, I think he owns a small business where he, he deals mostly in like sports memorabilia and sports cards and stuff. So he had a lot of that that was growing and gaining interest um, for a little while there, right? I think sports cards were just like, they boomed. Yeah. So Whoa. Had, I was watching yeah. crazy <laughs> unboxings yeah. and openings and all that. Yeah. I was doing that hardcore. <laughs> I was wishing I hadn't given away a bunch of my crap as a college kid, but um, <laughs> so anyhow, he had to back off for a little bit. So it was me and Josh for probably about a year or so. Uh, and then we kind of said, Hey, you know what, you know, life is kind of wild now. So we, we backed off for a, a few months in this last year. Uh, I think Bill decided he wanted um, you know, to have something to, a place to be able to chat, chat things up and, and talk some things out. So timing worked out because he, he came back on this summer. Uh, and, uh, you know, Josh has kind of been, he's got some reassignments of work and stuff. So we've kind of gone back and forth and the three of us, it feels kind of a little bit like a three man weave of who's kind of been in and out. But, um, but yeah, so those guys were, you know, super welcoming and, and open to, having us join and we've got a chat with, uh, you know, a listener league that we run. So we're, we're always encouraging anybody that wants to come on. We've had a couple of folks join us and kind of talk through how's the season going. How are they processing some of their, their league, not only the one we're in, but other leagues that they're in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a really good time. And I think it's, it's turned into something where it's pretty much the three of us or whatever the combination of the three of us just talking about where we are this week. What are we looking forward to uh, bounce some ideas off each other about, you know, some trade ideas or how do you want to approach a little bit of strategy knowing where we are in the season and um, it's just been a lot of fun so I think we're uh, we're actually in the process of probably winding down a bit because uh, I'll, I'll I guess I'll, I'll bring it back here um, within the next few weeks I'm actually uh, picking my family up and we're moving to uh, Korea so we'll be in the other side of the world trying to figure out the time difference so I've told Bill and Josh you know maybe Maybe we can make things work out. Um, you know, Wednesday night is like Thursday morning for me there, yeah. but uh, we'll see what happens with that. So we're, we're just kind of soaking up the last few weeks of the season here together, and then we'll see where it goes. Okay. 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 Well, you have a good excuse for, I mean, if it's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to, to finagle my schedule around to make it work. I, 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 I <laughs> me, I need my sleep. I need my, <laughs> you know. okay. But Let's just go back to you actually being on the podcast because I know you were a listener. Mm -hmm. So you were kind of already in the know. You already knew kind of how the format was, how they did things. And just from listening, had you had any experience with that kind of thing before going on in podcasting? And how were, were your emotions going into it when you first started? Do you remember how it was when you first started putting, you know, going out there and actually putting out a podcast yeah uh on one hand you know josh and bill were great they're so friendly and made it so easy josh actually kind of steered the majority of the conversation um we had a we had a 
pretty basic show sheet. So some of that really felt like going back to lesson planning a little bit as a teacher, like, okay, here's the, the main bullet points we want to hit. Here's some of the high points. We want to take the conversation here. Um, so it was nice the first, uh, first little while, just kind of follow along. And then, you know, I, I had a, a turn in and shaping a little bit of that and putting it together um, as Bill and Josh kind of uh, wove in and out of their space. So um, yeah, it was a little bit of planning, a little bit of uh, thinking ahead. I think the most nerve wracking, uh, I, I hosted with a guest by myself one time in the last two years, and that was probably the most nerve wracking. So doing exactly <laughs> what you're doing now, yeah. just trying to keep conversation going with one other person, um, which you're doing a phenomenal job, by the way. I don't, I don't know that I've used this many words in a day in a long time. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that was probably the most nerve wracking thing was, okay, I don't really know this person super well. So I, I hope I have good questions that will keep them talking or that will spark some good dialogue that will seem insightful, of course, if people are listening, but then, you know, just interesting for that person as well so that they feel like this was worth their time to come and join me. Um, so that was probably where I was the most nervous and I think it probably came through. Um, so having Josh and Bill each week and moving in and out with them and having one of them, even with a third guest um, has always felt pretty natural because, you know, we can kind of lean on each other knowing how we communicate. But as far as, um, you know, the first time, yeah, I was very much, I, I was, I was waiting in the lobby like 10 minutes early. I was turning lights on and off because we do the live streams trying to figure out, okay, where are the shadows? Does this look right? Should I wear a hat? Should I not wear a hat? Like what's going to be <laughs> appropriate for this thing? <laughs> I say yes, wear a hat always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I could, uh, I only wear it when I feel like I have bed head or something like that. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I also grew my hair out during COVID. Um, so I went through some very awkward phases. Um, so there were a lot of nights where it was, you know, hair was pulled back or put up under a hat. So you couldn't tell how, how God awful it looked. And, you know, God bless my wife for putting up with that for almost two and a half years of, of that mess. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely a, a different experience. Uh, you know, talking in front of people has always been kind of comfortable because, you know, standing in front of a class of teenagers who you know are constantly judging you you get pretty used to whatever could come out at that point um but i think the the idea that this was going to be a weekly thing where people were you know watching or maybe listening and actually going to do or act on something i might say and kind of like oh, well, hopefully yeah. hopefully it doesn't blow back too bad right um but yeah those were those were some of the early thoughts but um overall you know because it was, it was for, it's been for fun, right? You know, we, we were pretty mm -hmm. clear together that this was not going to be, you know, a commercial venture where we we're going to go after, you know, large sponsors and ads and stuff like that. It was really just a place to, for us primarily. And then for anybody that wanted to join us, like, Hey, let's, let's talk things out and let's make a, a place, you know, it, it was originally like, let's pull some things from the Twitter timeline, right? Let's go in each of our own timelines and see based on who we're following, what content's out there you know, anything that we thought was super interesting or maybe outrageous. And Hey, I don't know. I, I, this feels really, really weird. Let me put this up here and see, Hey, Bill, Josh, what do you think? Do you think this is as weird as I think it is, or can you find some sense in it? And, um, you know, we had some, some good laughs and some really good, uh, you know, debate back and forth on whether it was a player, whether it was a situation, whether it was a strategy. Um, but yeah, because it was for us and then, you know, we, we wanted to hold space for other folks that wanted to, be able to kick things around because not everybody is, you know, as, as large as the fantasy space can feel now, uh, you know, for those of us that have been in it for a while and we've seen the growth, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a relatively small, small community that I think, you know, wants that kind of content 
week in and week out or that kind of regularly. So I'm just trying to create a space where folks that want that can come find it and, you know, come and go as you please. And I love these live shows because I don't do them. I really want to maybe in the future have a few that I go live and have people because it's so awesome to just look at those chats and see people come in and they're mm -hmm. interacting with you and your audience really cares about what you have to say and they really care about interacting and having that connection. So it's really cool that you're able to give your audience that attention and, and show them that you care. So that's really dope. Uh, the whole live chat thing, I, I like when you have people in there with, you know, and you're, and you're get, answering questions and doing all that. And like you said, you know, they're going to be talking about stuff that you're talking about and, yeah. and commenting on that. Uh, but I'm sure that like the experiences that you've had with the chat have been nothing but awesome. I'm sure that. Yeah. You, so when people come in and you see that there's like a, a strong group of listeners that are coming to listen to you. I'm, I mean, I know that makes me feel just so awesome and makes me feel like, man, like, thank you, you know? So yeah. seeing that, how does that make you feel? Yeah, that, that's pretty special, you know? Um, when we see, yeah, we do have some folks that we see pretty regularly show up in the chat. Um, you know, they'll they'll check in with us in our Twitter chat and, hey, are you guys going live again this week? Or, you know, we missed you last week. Um, so that, that is really cool. And, you know, we found nothing but support in there, you know, in, in the almost three years that I've been doing that, I don't think we've had anybody come in that was, you know, aggressive or obnoxious, you know, you have folks that come in and they, they share their opinion, or they might have kind of a, a snarky comment about a player or something, which is, I mean, that's, that's what the internet is. Um, so it's just, yeah, let's have some fun with that. And, you know, we want to give our honest opinions. And I think that's, that's been a, a unique part of it is, is the live chat and really kind of getting put on the spot. Okay. Wh what are your thoughts here? Talk it out loud. Um, you know, be vulnerable and, and be ready for somebody to share a different opinion, a different perspective. And uh, I think that's for better or worse for some of the listeners, right? Sometimes they hear three different opinions that all sound valid or that sound plausible. And, you know, I don't know if they walk away any with any more clarity than when they showed up, but hopefully they have some things to, Kind of chew on differently before whether it's a start sit whether it's a trade option or something like that um but yeah the, the live chat is definitely um it's a variable part of it it's it can be unpredictable uh, i think a couple weeks ago bill and i based on our work schedules we had to do like a 4 p.m chat or 4 p.m show and we ended up having probably the most people in the chat that we've seen in, in over a year and we spent probably 20 30 minutes straight just going through listener questions in the chat and it was amazing because yeah. You know, he and I were there just to talk with each other and kind of catch up on the week. And all of a sudden, you know, these folks are giving us content for the show, which was amazing. That is super awesome. Yeah, I loved going into the chats and just kind of hanging out and seeing how people inter interact. And I just live shows in general just make me happy. So thank you for doing that. And I know you said that it's kind of up in the air about what's going to happen and moving to Korea and everything how is your relationship with Korea? Have you been back to Korea or no, is this, this will, uh, this will be my first time since uh, I was three years old when I was adopted. Um, part of that is because my parents, like I said, they had tried so many different things. They had gotten older. So at that point um, you had to adopt a, a child that was within 40 years of your age. So my dad is 40 years older than I am. He could be my granddad. Um, so he was 43. So they had adopted an older child. So 
you know, I, I certainly probably have some, some memories there that are latent somewhere, but I don't have any, you know, conscious memories of anything. I, you know, I don't speak the language fluently. I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit now before we get over there. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be, you know, a brand new adventure for, for me and my family. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what it's like. I've, I've traveled a little bit internationally and I've always enjoyed it. Um, so I'm, I'm really thrilled to have an opportunity with work to be able to go over for, you know, at least a few years and kind of settle in and see what it's like to, you know, live in a different part of the world for an extended period of time. I'm glad you said why, because I was going to be like, hey, I don't know if you want to, you know, are you trying to like escape the law or something? I need to find <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's for work. It's for work. But that, that's yeah. cool, though. I'm sure that's going to be a fun experience. And I'm sure you guys are going to have a blast. And being with family and having them with you, that's that's just super great to have that kind of support with you. And what does your family think about your quote unquote obsession with fantasy football? What is their thoughts on how much you love fantasy football? Uh, so my, my kids are still pretty young. I've got seven, five and three. Um, my, my seven-year-old actually played in a, uh, like a parent and kid league with my wife last year, which was pretty cool to watch. Um, so they, they played together for one season. So they, they've gotten a little taste of it. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, my, my wife has been incredibly gracious with, you know, how much energy and focus with the podcasts. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, I, I've developed uh, a little bit better balance. I think, uh, when watching games where, you know, if, if we can't watch, I can't watch it. It's not going to change the outcome, right? The score is going to be what it's going to be. So I think a few years ago, it, it was probably a little obsessive and, and, a little overboard in some of that space, to be honest. But, um, you know, at this point, I think, uh, you know, she, she makes room for it, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we'll see. I, I think, uh, I would like to think one, two, maybe all three of my boys might get into it at some point. Um, you know, they certainly are starting to pick up on who some of the players are and who some of the teams are, uh, you know, they go and visit my father-in-law who's in multiple leagues and they know who's on his team. So they'll come back. Oh yeah, that's Grampy's player. Uh, which is pretty cool. So they're definitely uh, aware of it. And then, yeah, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's a, uh, it's a pretty straightforward hobby. So uh, I can do it wherever I am, which is nice. I can do it no matter what the weather is, which is nice. You know, when I'm not doing this, I, like I said, I'm, I'm usually out on the golf course. If the weather is uh, in, in good shape there. So um, yeah, I, I've been lucky that it's something that they let me do. Yeah, that you said I could do it anywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to Africa at the end of December. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, well, here's how I can do it anywhere. You uh, might need to set the line up at the yeah, airport. I'm going to have to like, yeah, definitely have a, have a homie back at home who's setting my yeah. lines for me if somebody's That's awesome. out. But uh, yeah, so no, I just wanted to drop that I was going to Africa now. In case, you know, this podcast doesn't come out for a while after this episode, you know, now didn't you know where I went? (laughs) But no, uh, yeah, but the podcast, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time and, you know, known of all you guys for a while and known you for a while. And it's really cool to see that. Have you done anything else besides podcasting? Have you ever done any writing or any other kind of media or is podcasting kind of your, your go-to, your, your choice? Yeah, podcasting is definitely my choice. I, I enjoy writing, but I think it's it's a little tedious for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, I, I would rather, I'd rather talk through it than write through it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I've been fortunate to hang out with, uh, you know, the guys on Dynasty Junkies a little bit. And, you know, Russ, I've been lucky enough to hang out with him a couple times on some of his shows. So I, I definitely enjoy that because it's the real time in the moment. Um, but what, what's funny is I, I listen to an inordinate number of podcasts. So I've gotten actually myself to a place where I can listen at 2x speed now so I can just try to cram more in on my commute. <laughs> But there are moments where I actually prefer consuming written content because I think uh, I, I really enjoy well-written articles. So there are a few out there that I'll, I'll pop open or, you know, I had an athletic subscription for a while where, you know, you kind of read some articles there that were insightful that give you a little bit more context. Um, but with where, where Twitter has gone at this point and how people can post pretty succinctly kind of their bullet point arguments or here's a clip with some written content of why I like this player, I don't like this player. Uh, it, it's become much more um, accessible to get to some of that stuff without having to read through, you know, four pages of Matthew Berry. I love Matthew Berry, uh, right. but that's, it, right. you got to carve time out to get, <laughs> to get through that. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely been, you know, on my end of it, creating content, the podcast has, podcast has been the most natural. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel the same way when it comes to writing. I like writing, but I feel like I'm, maybe not better at getting my words out through, you know, speaking, obviously I, I, I'm not doing a great job of that right at this moment, but <laughs> I do, I do enjoy the whole talking about things, talking through things. I change my mind on things all the time yep. just by talking through stuff. So yeah, that's why podcasting is always fun to go on a podcast yeah. too. I think that's, that's definitely something that I connect with is yeah. If, if I were to write something and submit it on Tuesday, by the time it's published on Friday, mm -hmm. I could I could be on the other side of that idea or that argument very quickly, depending on who I talk to or what I consume in the middle. So I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely think that talking through it is is a, a better process for me. And then, you yeah. know, I can just go on if I have to. I can go on on live <laughs> again on Friday and say, oh yeah, by the way, you know, the thing I said on Tuesday. I hope it didn't hurt you Thursday, but here's what I think now. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so. I've got a couple of questions about just balancing it all and, and just life in general. Do you, what do you like to do in your free time? I know sometimes free time's far and few between, but what do you like to do when you do have a chance to kind of just do what you want to do? Yeah. I mean, if, if any chance I can get on the golf course, that's kind of my, my time away. That's my connection with nature. Um, you know, I like the idea of hiking and camping, but I don't love the activity of it. So, <laughs> same, um, same. <laughs> you know, golf cart, being able to be out and, you know, I get in the woods periodically because I lose a ball or two. So it feels like I'm hiking, but that's kind of my main go-to. Um, otherwise, you know, vacation for me is like, let me go and take a book or two that I've been wanting to read. Um, you know, let me sleep in a little bit. Uh, I will go and, you know, I enjoy uh, I prefer like the beach versus the mountains kind of a thing. So I'd rather be next to water, but um, yeah, I think just being able to sit and uh, you know, read through a good book, take a nap when I want to take a nap. Those are the little things that, uh, that are the best parts right now. But um, you know, at home, it's definitely, if I can get some time to just get in a good book, take my mind off of some of the other stuff. And um, you know, I feel like, one of my aspirations when I was teaching was uh, I, I wanted to be on Jeopardy. I thought, you know, I was a history teacher. I taught math for a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm, I feel like I've read enough things. You know, I, I could have a, a fighting chance at maybe 
not embarrassing myself there. But since I left the classroom, I haven't read as much. It's definitely been like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching some of these shows. And it's like, I, I don't know what that is. So, um, so yeah, so I think trying to get back into reading more and just feeling like I'm staying current and I'm, I'm keeping my mind sharper in that space um, is what I, what I value at this moment. Where is a place that you vacation that you thought was just like super dope? Oh man. Um, my wife and I were lucky enough for our 10th anniversary. We went to Maui uh, a few years ago and that was uh, an amazing week. I was, that was our first extended vacation without any of our kids. Um, so shout out again to her parents for <laughs> hanging out to those guys for us. Um, I wish we had had another week. We didn't even get to see all the parts of the island we wanted to. And I, I would have loved to have island hopped a little bit. Um, you know, Kauai is definitely on my list, kind of getting out in the Pacific. Um, so that that's, uh, you know, probably the the place that I would love to go back to the most that we've, we've already been. Um, and then, you know, now that we'll be on the other side of the world, we're, we're compiling our list of where we think, uh, you know, we might want to go and check out and hang uh, once we're over there. But yeah, if I could get back to, again, just that, like, I'm on the beach, I can read, I can, you know, take a walk when I want to take a walk and just really kind of quiet and not touristy, you know, find the quieter places where it's just a couple of us that, you know, may, maybe wandered down this path and found this waterfall or something like that. That sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds really it nice. It is awesome. <laughs> uh, I just had a vacation, but it wasn't really a vacation. I need another one. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Beach sounds nice. Beach sounds nice. Have you read anything good lately? Any any books that kind of stand out? Um, so I, I I've been reading a couple. I, I've been reading a, a memoir of three generations of uh, Chinese women who went through um, the turn of the century, the twentieth uh, into the twentieth century, and they went through um, you know kind of the communist revolution and and all of that. So that's been really interesting to read and, and hear. Uh, some of their their experiences and then most recently I picked up uh, I'm a huge friends fan so having uh, you know Matthew Perry pass away last month was uh, that that was a big surprise um, you know kind of a shock it felt like he had been after his book came out like he had kind of been in a better place and so forth so I finally picked up his book and started reading his his memoir a little bit and then you know going back and watching episodes here and there which um yeah, it's just been the show that we always put on when we don't know what to put on and folding laundry or making dinner. It's just like you don't have to listen to everything to know what's going on and laugh at the jokes and stuff. And it's just one of the first things that my wife and I connected with. She had the old DVD box set. So that would be some of our dates after we got done grading is let's just put a disc in. There's six episodes of disc. If we get to a place where it tells us to switch discs, we watch too much. So, so yeah, yeah so i've been reading too much <laughs> yeah yeah that was before you know netflix would just continue for you yeah right and then they ask you every now and then being all snarky are you still watching yeah. like calm down what do you bro. Think? What do you calm think? down calm down <laughs> friends is one of those shows i feel like people started really watching it again during the pandemic i, I feel like there was just a huge boom of like all these younger yeah. people that found it and yeah yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite character from Friends? Oh, that is so tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've told I've told Sarah, my wife, this a number of times. I think, like, if I had to know one of the friends in real life as a friend, I think I would have I would pick Joey. I think his heart is always in the right place. 
Um, you know, for as much as he may mooch or have to borrow money for a long time, you know, he, he was always the guy that would do whatever he could to help you. Um, so yeah, I think he was one of the, you know, for me and, and how I am as a person, he would have been, you know, my best friend out of that group. I have a question for you about TV shows. I don't know what your watching personality is like. I don't know what kind of TV sure. shows you're really into, but if there was a TV show that you could bring back for a reboot, since that's like the hot happening thing, is there a TV show you can think of that you would bring back? Um, since we're talking about fantasy football, okay, I think it's I think it's time to bring the league back. There we go. Okay. <laughs> That, right. you know, they, they had an eight team, whatever format. And, you know, it, it slowly became less about the footballer, but um, you know, that, that show, it pulled in some big names and big personalities as guests. Yeah. And some of those folks from that show went on to do some pretty amazing TV and movie work. I, I would love to see a reboot of the league with a more contemporary, even it, whether it's dynasty, whether it's super flex, whether it's more teams and kind of get some more, minor characters involved and let it string on again. Um, I think that's probably the first one that comes to mind that I would love to see uh, come back again. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I like how you were like talking about the different league formats and settings instead of, well, I think this person should be it. This person should. I love that. I love that the focus goes directly towards the draft and the, the settings. So that's great. Yeah. It's about the league. Exactly. I mean, that's what the titles of, is so let's go let's get it so i i like that idea i didn't even think of the league when i was trying to think about this earlier i was like i don't even know what show because they always do such a for the most part the reboots aren't the greatest in the world i yeah. just as long as they could do it good do it justice that'd be yeah. awesome that would be awesome okay so what kind of tv shows besides friends in the league what are you into tv wise are you into any or movies even because i like to ask people everybody's into marvel so i'm like the only person but what are you all about yeah i'm not there yet because i don't think my <laughs> kids have discovered it yet um shows uh my wife and i just powered through um i can't even think of it now suits oh yeah we did too so we just finished that last week saw the last episode and was like oh gosh we had two episodes left and like do I just want to kind of let it sit here and yeah. so I have something to look forward to, but, um, so that, that was, that was kind of fun. Um, I, I'm pretty open. Um, you know, I, I love anything Aaron Sorkin. So like if I had to pick something to watch over and over again, the West wing is 100%. I, I could watch that through over and over, you know, as many times you needed. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty, I, I did the game of Thrones bit when I was on, um, yeah, I, I love some of the stuff that HBO's put out there. Um, you know, the what was it Silicon Valley was a fun one. If they if they chose to bring that one back at some point, I could see that being fun as things have definitely evolved in what you know is in the tech space. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty eclectic when it comes to that. Yeah, you know, I probably don't watch a whole lot of like the Hallmark movies and romantic comedy kind of stuff. However, I will tell you, shameless plug here, you know, uh, or uh, guilty pleasure for Christmas. Uh, the Family Stone is an annual watch. Well, it's a good movie. Uh, I love the family dysfunction. I love the mess and how just how real that that movie is. Um, so that that is one that my wife and I watch every year at Christmas time. And it's just you know now it's different because we're we're the parents and we're looking forward to what it'll be like for all of our kids. But when we started watching it together 15 years ago, 
you know, we were the young adults with the older parents, like, oh my God, what is, what is going on when we get together for the holidays? And, you know, my God, your brother is this character and his wife is that character. Um, so yeah, so that, that's, that's, uh, that's one that we'll watch every year for our, the foreseeable future. I love it. I love when you can relate to characters and call it out. That's totally you. That's totally him. Yep. I love it. I love it. When you watch football, do you, first of all, do you watch football on Sundays and all the other days that it's on now? Do you have time to, and how is watching football with Drew? Uh, when I can, I, I do. Um, so I've got a couple of work buddies that will watch some of the primetime games, like after work, if we can. Um, Monday nights, I typically go. There's a, a little bar near me that does uh, trivia that has some pretty solid wings. So we do Monday night trivia, watch the game. Um, it's, I, I, I internalize a lot. So, you know, like this Sunday night, I, I was uh, actually driving to Atlanta to go to the embassy to drop off some paperwork for my visa. So I wasn't actually able to watch the Bills and Eagles game. Uh, so that, that one, I probably would have been uh, a little bit, I get quiet when I'm tense, so it's probably uncomfortable silence uh, for some of those games. Uh, but for for regular games, you know, if it's if it's watching, you know, a game that maybe isn't as good because the teams aren't as good, but you know, like Monday night last night, you know, watching Vikings and Bears was that was dull. Mm. But you know, every <laughs> once in a while, you get something good that happens. So you know, uh, you know, that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say I'm typically pretty quiet unless you know something big or momentous happens or if the bills are involved, then, then I can get a little more animated and I, you know, I talk to the players for the TV because they can hear me. Definitely. They definitely, I mean, I wouldn't put it past TVs now. I'm just saying. So as a Cowboys fan, I, I know that's bad blood. When you think about when you brought up all the Super Bowls, and we're not going to get into that, but we were really hoping that the bills would. Yep. Know, yeah. Yep. I work with some 49er fans as well that what? also asked me, you know, hey, what what happened? What, what like, happened? Could you not could you not yep. help us out? Like you, yep. you know, you have everything to do with it, but yeah. I, you know, I, I called in as many favors as I could and yeah. We kicked you the tried. field goal. I mean it was yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite player right now? It doesn't have to be uh, a Bills player, it could just be anybody, but do you have a favorite player at the moment? Yeah, I mean, uh, the easy answer is, is Josh Allen. I own, I own two Bills jerseys. One of them is Jim Kelly, one of them is Josh Allen. So Jim Kelly was number 12, so that's the number I wore playing soccer through college. Is I, I was always number 12. Um, and then, yeah, at this point, I, I bought a Josh Allen jersey a couple of years ago. Um, so my buddy and I, we actually got, you know, matching jerseys together and we, we got to go and watch them in Nashville, which another heartbreaker <laughs> Titans mm -hmm. won on a Monday night. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say he's, he's definitely, he's definitely my favorite at this point. Um, outside of the bills, uh, man, that's tough. I, uh, I have a lot of Justin Jefferson, so it's hard not to like him. Uh, <laughs> I get have it him on, on, on a few teams. Um, but typically, typically I, I gravitate toward players that stay with the franchise for a long time. So that's been something that, you know, I've respected across multiple sports. So you watch guys that begin their career or, you know, maybe they get traded early on, but they finish their career with the same team. Um, so, you know, players like that, that have some longevity and commit to that, you know, that, that always draws a, a different level of respect. Um, you know, whether their teams are good or bad, you know, so I, I understand why 
you know, I don't fully understand, but I, I can understand a little bit of why, you know, Brady decided to go and leave and go to Tampa Bay. But for a long time, you know, as much as I disliked him and, you know, the Patriots, there was something to be said about, you know, 18 years with a franchise and, yeah. you know, the accomplishments and, and those kinds of things. So I, I really do enjoy seeing players that stay with a city and that are, you know, loyal in that sense. And, you know, it's, it's tough when, you know, sometimes the team isn't loyal back and mm-hmm. it's a business, right? Yeah. So you try not to hold that against them, but yeah, that that's typically, if you're going to put a group of random players in front of me, if there's a guy that's been with the team for a long time, I probably respect that pretty well. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, like, I don't know. I have a hard time finding a favorite player. <laughs> I don't have to say like <laughs> Micah Parsons because like hello, um, yeah. but but yes, the Bills. I mean, oh, I they've always been a team that I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do. I, I Josh Allen would definitely be my pick if I was you know a Bills fan. Do you <laughs> do you watch any other sports or play any other fantasy sports at all? I don't do any other fantasy sports. I've had plenty of people try to get me into baseball or basketball. I'm just like, I, I'm accustomed to now a 17 week season. I can't do 82 games. I can't do 162 games. I'm not a purist. I didn't grow up with baseball. Um, I will watch some of the, like I'll watch NBA starting in April and I'll watch the playoff run. That's kind of fun. Um, living in New York city, you know, I certainly watched and followed the Yankees, but I wasn't like regularly going to games until, September if they were still competitive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch, uh, I'll watch whatever is on. I, I'm a huge tennis fan. Um, so I'll watch the majors for tennis. Um, you know, I, I've been uh, a huge Roger Federer fan since probably about 2003 when he really kind of burst on the scene there. Um, you know, this generation that's retiring, you know, Djokovic is kind of the last of it. He's kind of my least favorite of the group, but watching Nadal, Federer over the years, that was uh, you know just incredible sport to watch. Um, you know, I'll watch college basketball once that kind of gets into January and February. I grew up a Syracuse fan in the area, and when we were in the Big East, the old school Big East, so they were always uh, you know my college team. And then uh, living in New York, I'd go to Madison Square Garden watch the Big East tournament whenever they play. So um, so yeah, so I'll watch some of those things. But as far as like with the regularity and kind of the the focus football football is pretty well it and then you know world cup every few years uh nashville finally got an mls team so i got to go to a few games this summer which is exciting um but uh you know certainly not a not a invest in the mls um you know i grew up watching european football for the most part so uh english football was kind of the, the main thing when i could watch it you know now that we have streaming and cable and stuff it's it's a lot more accessible um so yeah, so I'll watch that periodically, but the time difference there makes it difficult at times to see their games. Nashville. Okay, so you should have told me about that whole rule that wine doesn't get sold on Thanksgiving yeah. in Tennessee. I was very, we mm. were just there, and I was just angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun story. My first Sunday here in Nashville. Uh, so I knew it was 12 p.m. kickoff because we're in central time, which was cool. Love to start earlier. So I'm in Walmart at 11.45 sitting with a 12-pack. <laughs> and the, the cashier looks up at me and just says, well, honey, you're going to have to wait. And you're like, 
but what am I waiting for? So, you got to wait till noon. And I'm like, I just planned my whole morning, all of my errands to end here. So I have cold, cold drinks to start the day. And then no. it was. So should have known, yeah, should have known coming to the South, uh, you know, that there'd be some, some, some different regulations around that, but uh, something we've had to definitely adapt to. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we just now on Sundays are able to sell beer and wine before noon it used to be noon and now it's 10 a.m you can go and buy your beer wow. and wine. still can't buy liquor obviously but you can buy the beer and wine at 10 a.m so I'll now i don't it. have to wait yeah because when the cowboys game is at noon and the first time i found that out the cowboys game was at noon and i was like i didn't have time to stop and get alcohol and they were like you could have at 10 a.m is when you you could have mm -hmm. and i thought like, i didn't know <laughs> these yep. rules these crazy rules okay so i want to go you know, before we wrap everything up, this is a podcast that helps people out who are in, they're looking to become a part of the fantasy football space and be a content creator, putting out, you know, podcast or YouTube or whatever. There's a million things, writing even. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. But do you have any advice for people who are getting into podcasting that maybe don't know where to start or are just kind of concerned that maybe they don't have the right equipment? They don't know, you know, like you were talking about lighting and everything. Do you have any advice for people that are just starting out or just kind of want to tweak their stuff a little bit to make it a little bit more boom? Um, I mean, I guess the most basic advice is reach out, um, you know, try it. It is uh, the technology you need to get started is pretty minimal, so the barrier to entry is pretty low. Um, I don't people can't see me, but I'm, I'm sitting here with a pair of AirPods in. For a long time, I had the $19 headphones that Apple sells that I plugged into the back of my computer, and from what I can tell, it did fine. Um, you know, the lighting thing. If you're on a live stream or you're recording, then sure, you you don't want to have you know really dark space. But there's plenty of stuff out there now that you can get that will give you what you need. You can attach to your computer. You can put, you know, right now I've, I've got two lamps with soft white lights next to me. So it's like, how, how high tech do you really need to be here? Right. Um, you know, I'll also throw out, you know, on the written side, you know, my, my father-in-law, he, he wrote an article early this year. Uh, I think about Trey Lance right after he got traded. Um, he sent it over to Ryan McDowell and DLF and they published it. Wow. You know, they, so he, he put together an article. He had, he asked me to read over it a couple of times. And I think he actually sent it over to him before I even gave him any of my feedback. And lo and behold, you know, a day and a half later, he's sending us the, the URL from the site and they put it up there, which is pretty awesome. So yeah. you know, I think just put something together, um, you know, certainly do your best work on it and, you know, try to edit it, make sure it doesn't have typos and things like that. Um, you know, so if you have somebody in your community that will give you some of that feedback in a little bit of time, but, um, at the end of the day, just try, you know, what, what's the worst that's going to happen if you send it over, they're going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Or, you know, maybe the next best is like, Hey, no, thanks for now, but this is what we're looking for. And they can give you a little bit of guidance on what they're, they're hoping to find. So, um, and again, I think that just goes to the, the general openness that I found in this space, which has been. Uh, what makes it so fun to stay with it, right? I, mm -hmm. I think it can be, it can be intimidating, or it can be, um, you know, it can feel like a risk to put yourself out there. But that's that's part of anything worthwhile in life, right? You have to be able to to try. Nobody woke up just saying, "I'm good at this, and I'm going to bat a thousand. So if you're not willing to, you know, take some feedback or have 
have a few missteps here and there, you know, it'll be tough to accomplish anything that you're going to be really, really proud of. So, you know, I think the general advice is, is give it a go, you know, get some people around you that are going to encourage you, be honest with you, and then do your best, you know, and try to improve from there. That's, that's what you do at your job. Hopefully that's what you do, you know, with your family. I, there are plenty of days where it's like, gosh, I wish I could push rewind on my day with my kids and be, be a better dad today. And so, okay, great. Tomorrow's my next chance. So yeah. What are you going to do with it? Exactly. Exactly. There's always tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. And I, and I like that advice a lot. So Drew, it's been so awesome getting to know you kind of, you know, know of you because of DAP network, know of you because hello, we're in the space together and we've talked and, and we've, yeah. And, but, you know, getting to really know people is, is always fun for me. So it's really cool to get to know you for everybody that isn't already following you or isn't already invested in your content. Can you go ahead and just let everybody know one more time? Who exactly are you? Give them your name, give them your Twitter. I like to say Twitter, give them your Twitter, <laughs> give them where they can find your podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Drew, uh, at DR underscore PRA. Um, I, I get given a hard time because I use the first two letters of my name. I am not a doctor, even though that's what people think <laughs> Yes. at times. Um, actually fun story. I showed up to a golf course and I reserved it with my email address that starts with DR prawl. And the guy at the desk just greeted me. Good afternoon, doctor. Hope you enjoy your round. I didn't correct him. <laughs> happen again the next week. So at that point I'm committed. So I'm hoping that nobody has a heart attack on the fourth hole. Cause if they call me, I'm going to tell them it's a PhD. It's not an MD, but, uh, but yeah, at DR <laughs> underscore PRA, um, you know, we're at the fantasy timeline. Uh, we record typically on Wednesday, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes in the evening we're on YouTube as well, where you can go and see, see old shows if you want to see them. But of course you can, you know, download the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, I use a service called Overcast, which lets me really kind of fine tune what my listening experiences is, which is kind of cool. Um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, you can send me a DM. You can uh, mention me somewhere. Uh, I I certainly don't mind to if you have something you want me to read beforehand. I would love to read and um, share. You know, that's half what I did when I was teaching, so I don't mind to to do that if I have the time there. So, uh, but otherwise, yeah, uh, Bill and Josh are on there with me, and um, you can catch us. Like I said, most most Wednesdays will be live at some point during the day. Awesome. Well, again, Drew, I appreciate you coming on and fellow, you know, DAP Network homies. So that's super awesome. Yeah. You can check us all out there as well. And make sure that you come back next time for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad.